This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to WTS Waikato, a radio show and podcast taking a look at the quirkier people, groups and interests in the region. I'm producer Gary Farrow. Trent Salvatierra is a self-identified weather nerd living in Hamilton. He works as an electrician, but has also had a lifelong interest in tinkering with weather apparatus, by which he can gain all sorts of data. He spoke to WTS about his passion. Really, the whole sort of hobby side of it um, came about from my grandfather. Um, he was uh, very much into sort of monitoring the weather um, and just keeping keeping a general track of it. Um, and then obviously as I grew older, um, he could sort of, you know, filled me in on what this did and what that did and how that was all part of everything. And um, yeah, it kind of just all spawned from there. Probably, yeah, roughly in my teens, early teens, I'd say. Um, my grandfather actually got me my first weather station, uh, which I put up here in ho- at home in uh, Hamilton. Um, and then pretty much ever since, we kind of, um, we sort of exchanged or how hot it was or, or how much rain did you have or how windy is it. So basically, yeah, it, it became a, it sort of became a mutual um, a talking point, I suppose you would call it. Yeah. Was the weather interesting to you? The weather in itself? Or was it more sort of that connection you could have by technically analysing it and, and and talking about it? Yeah. Or was it a bit of both? Did you like, were you interested in the weather and in the, the social aspect? Yeah, well, I suppose for me, like now in particular, um, I see the weather as like it affects everyone. You don't, you know, you, you can't really go a day without needing to know what what it's doing, uh, how hot it's going to be, whether it's going to rain, whether there's thunderstorms about, you know, you never, you know, it's, it's always different. And that's the really sort of, I don't know, it's kind of like the, the addicting part of, of sort of monitoring the weather is it is never really the same. You know, you might still get a sunny day, but the temperature might be different. The wind might be blowing a different direction or, you know, and there's, and it's all about patterns, you know, like, so, um once you sort of understand and can read into what the weather's doing you know you kind of kind of become your own weather forecaster which is quite cool yeah now the operative word you used there i think was addicting because you are obviously uh you know you're working you're sustaining yourself but this is your uh professional hobby as it were yeah yeah so um it kind of yeah it, it grew it grew more and more um as as the years went on and um it kind of it sort of turned into a bit of a um a side a side gig i suppose you call it um to to what i was actually working as an electrician so um obviously being into uh, being technically minded um and sort of being in that sort of uh that sort of field of work i suppose you call it um 
yeah, it kind of all it all, all sort of unraveled. And as as things, you know, sort of as you get more into the hobby, you know, your your stations become more accurate, which obviously more expensive. And you know, you're always looking for something. I, I'm not sure it's it's like an accuracy thing. You're always looking for that that finer detail, I suppose. Now, would you like to describe to us sort of some details about the nature of your weather station that you've got at home? What what that weather station actually entails? I mean, it's obviously cost you um, a fair bit of money, a lot of time, yeah. um, investment yeah. of a lot of expertise. Uh, mm. Yeah, tell us about it. So, I mean, obviously I started with something fairly cheap, you know, roughly... Uh, I mean, when I say cheap, it's um, you know between two and three hundred dollars for a for a fairly basic sort of weather station. Um, but as as you as you sort of become more um, into it, um, your stations can go up to anywhere from a thousand to two thousand dollars. And uh, some of the equipment I've got at home, I also run a station in uh, Tauranga. Um, those stations are probably worth somewhere between two and two and a half thousand dollars each. So um, it, it does become a very uh, expensive hobby, but I mean, I'm, a, lot, a lot of people's hobbies are expensive um, depending on what they are and people spend a lot of time with them. And obviously if it, if it, if it creates enjoyment, you tend to, you know, you tend to, uh, you sort of don't mind spending that money on it. So you have a weather station on each side of the Kaimais. Is that because you're interested in the way, the different ways the weather behaves on on either side? Yeah. So I mean, um, my parents uh, obviously live over in Tauranga, um, and they've got a they've got a station uh, on their roof, which I've uh, put up there. And um, obviously, being coastal, the weather is a lot different over there um, than it is here where we are in Hamilton. Um, quite often in Hamilton, we are, we're well known for our fog um, and, you know, for, for it being, you know, in general, fairly humid. Um, and that's just because of the nature of where we live. Um, that's quite a, whereas in Taronga, um, it's more of a, a, a coastal a coastal environment where you've got um, winds interacting with land winds um, and your temperatures obviously are, are different based on that as well. Do you find yourself getting excited when there are variable weather conditions or when there's a, a weather event happening? Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, all sort of uh, weather enthusiasts and uh, hobbyists, um, you know, there's there's various online forums, there's, you know, Facebook groups, there's, um, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that are interested in the weather. Um, and obviously, when there's uh, more significant weather events like um, lightning storms or tropical cyclones, um, even droughts, you know, it affects it affects everyone. So, I mean, from the farmers to uh, you know people that run vineyards or uh, orchards, uh, you know, and people that are planning, say, a wedding, you know, they all want to know, they want to gaze into that crystal ball and know what's going to happen. So. Um, I just think it's uh, I think it's a very interesting you know uh, hobby basically, and that's kind of why it has become such a passion of mine. Yeah. 
what sort of apparatus do you use and what are you actually able to understand about the weather on an immediate basis? Like if you go out to, if you go and check the weather station in the morning, what sort of details can you get both about what has happened and what is potentially going to happen? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, my weather station that I've got, um, it obviously gives us the temperature inside and outside. Um, it gives us the wind speed direction, no, it's wind speed and direction, uh, the rainfall, obviously, the barometric pressure, and also gives us the solar radiation, so how much uh, radiation the, the sun is producing. Um, but on also, I've got um, a few other pieces of equipment that give us uh, things like uh, soil temperature, soil moisture, which is more sort of on the agricultural side of things, but also things like lightning sensors. Parts of New Zealand are well known for lightning storms. What else have I got? <laughs> uh, air quality equipment. So, you know, measuring particle matter, measuring CO2. So, um, you know, indoor environments as well. So basically there's a lot of different technology that comes into the picture. And I think just getting to tinker with that sort of thing and understand how it works is also part of the addiction, I suppose you would call it. I mean, a lot of farmers and producers um, of, you know, fruit, vegetables, uh, they, they're looking for, um, you know, they want to know how much, how much soil moisture do I have and whether do I have to irrigate. Um, so, and also um, we look, a lot, a lot of fruit growers in particular are interested about frost in the wintertime. Um, do I have to put measures in place? Do I have to bring in the helicopters if you're like a kiwi fruit orchard, for example? Um, a lot of those places, you know, their livelihoods um, revolve around those particular products that they're growing, and uh, they will do, and they'll go to vast, uh, vast extents to to protect that uh, livelihood. So that's where, uh, on a commercial basis, um, things are very, very um, interesting. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, places out there now are um, taking more of more of a note on um, the New, New Zealand sort of changing weather conditions. Um, you know, for the last couple of years, we've seen warmer than normal uh, temperatures across mo- most of New Zealand, and that that affects a lot of things. We can experience uh, drought conditions in certain regions. Um, in certain regions, there may be more rainfall, so there's more risk of flooding. Um, you know, a, a lot of, there's a lot of things out there now, um, a lot of businesses out there now that just need need that assurance and that uh, they're able to, to plan ahead, basically. Something I've noticed since moving to the Waikato, because I grew up in Auckland for, what, near on 30 years, and then I came to the Waikato, and the amount of thunderstorms, particularly in the springtime, that happen down here is staggering, and I've never seen anything like that, and we don't really hear about it outside of Auckland. So um, are you interested in those um, those storms, and do you know a bit about um, how they materialise? Uh, there's certain parts of the New Zealand, of New Zealand, mainly the west coast, uh, where a lot of our lightning and thunderstorm activity uh, spawn. If you are following the the uh, news or anything like that over in Australia at the moment, 
they've for the last uh, i think five or six days now they've had some severe thunderstorm uh, yesterday there was a tornado at brisbane airport um all to do with um thunderstorms and what we call supercell thunderstorms uh which are basically a thunderstorm that has grown so large and has had has got so much energy um, that it's able to create rotating winds within itself uh, and if those are strong enough uh, to reach the ground that's where a tornado is spawned and uh, they had quite a significant storm, uh, uh, thunderstorm uh, rear up near Brisbane airport yesterday and that actually created a tornado uh, which did quite damage over there so in terms of New Zealand um, we see a lot of our uh, thunderstorms obviously start on the west coast and they move through um, in, inland to parts of the Waikato. Uh, Taranaki is a good hotspot for uh, thunderstorm activity. Uh, obviously Auckland and uh, the northern parts of Auckland, they've seen recent thunderstorms uh, and tornadoes even uh, in the last few months. Uh, and even, even parts of the west coast of the South Island uh, down near Westport, uh, down near Tiano, uh, a lot of those areas down there, they frequently see thunderstorm activity. So obviously that's a, a more significant uh, weather event and uh, something that people should really understand and know its danger. Um, so obviously, you know, you often see people going out and gazing up at the sky, waiting to see a lightning bolt. But in fact, you're much safer being inside. Um, Mentioning that about Taranaki being a hot spot, that mm. hints that amateur meteorologists or professional meteorologists would be interested in going to those hot spots to um, observe the weather events. And now, yeah. um, do you get sort of excited about weather systems like that? Yeah, or like, I mean, depending on where you are in the country, um, if you're lucky enough to be on that west coast area um, and you get forewarning that maybe a storm's coming in from the Tasman, uh, you can prepare yourself and just sort of become a bit of a storm chaser yourself. Um, I know in parts of America, um, and in fact, I know people from New Zealand that have gone and actually done uh, proper storm chasing, uh, chasing chasing things like uh, hurricanes and that sort of thing over in, in America. Obviously, Tornado Alley is well known over there, uh, and there's some yeah, there's some some people that invest a lot of money in actually in the hobby and uh, get real enjoyment out of going and chasing these storms and capturing them on on camera. There's some amazing photographers out there that can uh, capture you know bolts of lightning, um, you know, and some 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 magical you know unforeseen type uh, phenomena that can uh, can happen. I think there was. Um, more recently, uh, someone caught some uh, what, call, what are called sprites, um, and they're actually uh, lightning bolts that actually travel upwards uh, into the atmosphere rather than down into into towards Earth. So um, things like that, um, they're very hard to capture on on camera, and are very and you have to have the right conditions for that sort of thing to happen. So to get it on camera is pretty magical, yeah.
And even without rare events like that or hard to capture events, people are interested in such things as cloud formations, aren't they? Because that can tell what sort of of weather is coming or what weather has been, what sort of system has passed through. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, and this is another part of part of the weather. It's, it's all about the education and the understanding of, of how things work. Um, you know, different, as you say, different cloud formations can often signal um, different events that are going to happen. Um, you know, certain, you know, certain formations can indicate a cold front coming in um, or, a, or a warm front or um, potential thunderstorm activity going to happen. You know, a, a lot of a lot of different components are a part of the weather, and that's what makes it so interesting and why it's so variable. You know, um, you never. Yeah, it would be it would be very uncommon where you have every single piece of the puzzle happening on a regular basis. A lot of different things happen to create what you what you see, what you perceive um as as the weather so it's a very interesting hobby and the more you get into it uh the the more it does become an addiction yeah are you constantly mindful of the weather then even when you're not referring to your data are you sort of looking Mm -hmm. to the sky and thinking um what what that could possibly be that's that's happening and also does it does it change the course of your day sometimes? I mean, you said you're an, uh, an electrician, so you're obviously, uh, you're busy. Um, but yeah. uh, every now and then your your day might change course because of the uh, behaviour of the weather. Mm. Yeah, I mean, as you say, uh, a lot of people wake up in the morning, look out the window and go, oh, you know, it's cloudy or it's sunny. But you never know, you know, an hour down the track, you might have a, a large storm band or a large rain band coming in. It might be completely blue sky for one minute and the next minute it's pouring with rain. So um, I, I tend to, to look at uh, various forecast models, um, you know, not, not always the, the um, official uh, forecasts here in New Zealand. Um, there's a lot of different modelling that's um, created uh, by other meteorological agencies around the world um, and they all differ somehow but it's kind of knowing what to look for and how you interpret that information as to whether it is going to become accurate here on the ground um, but as I say you know people's days are in a way um, influenced by the weather um, so, I mean, I encourage people to get into it, understand it to whatever capacity that uh, you want to. Um, if it becomes a bit more of a passion, then, yeah, by all means, that's where the young and, and old uh, weather enthusiasts um, sort of start. Um, I'm part of a, a page, uh, Bay of Plenty Weather and uh, Natural Events page on Facebook. Um, and we, it's basically a bunch of weather nerds. Um, uh, we chit chat about the weather all the time, um, and then we we use our our knowledge to um, inform people in a in a more uh, 
easy to understand way of what might be happening. And we have we have many thousand followers on that uh, page that you know thank us on a regular basis for you know quite quite um, local knowledge um, in terms of weather in the in the Bay of Plenty and Waikato regions because uh, it, it does it does differ um, depending on where you are. So having local knowledge is also very important. Um, you know, aware, uh, quite often our forecasting is uh, done from airports um, around the country. Um, and for example, in, in uh, Hamilton here, our airport is in a more rural area. Um, so if you live in the central city, uh, that's, you know, quite a few kilometers away, uh, conditions can be quite different. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting thing. And if you understand and know what to look for, how to read a weather map, for example, uh, you can, you can kind of make your own forecasts, you know, and, and know what's going on. Um, I suppose the internet's obviously your biggest friend. Um, if you're interested in the weather, yeah, by all means, have a look on your social media apps uh, for groups that are around. I know there's quite a few groups around New Zealand that are full of uh, weather-interested people. Even if you even if you read, you know, uh, things on the Met Service website, the NEWA website, uh, Weather Watch have got some good information on their website as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of information out there, and depending on how deep you want to go with things, um, I encourage people to start start something with something small. Even if you've got a, a thermometer on your fence or a rain gauge on your fence, um, it soon becomes a very interesting uh, interesting hobby because you just never know what it's going to be like tomorrow. I am working uh, with a particular meteorological agency at the moment or a forecasting company um, on a lightning detection network here in New Zealand uh, and parts of possibly of Australia. Um, so that's definitely coming in the next year to year and a half, uh, positioning at least uh, 13 or 4 sensors around New Zealand, um, which will give us extremely accurate uh, data uh, based on lightning storms as far as 300 kilometers away. So we can see we can see these storms coming in from Tasman, coming in from um, you know, the Southern Ocean. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of great data that we're going to be able to um, to get. And for, for some reason, people seem to love lightnings, a uh, lightning data. Uh, following storms, uh, and that's that's something that really uh, people should keep an eye out for. Uh, hopefully, hoping to hoping to get something up and running by the end of the year. Um, but with obviously COVID conditions in different parts of the country, um, we're being limited by that. Uh, but uh, definitely next year we'll have something a bit more uh, concrete uh, to come by. Yeah. Sounds like over the next while there's going to be um, heaps of uh, opportunity for some new weather nerds to plug into it then and for the yeah hobby to grow even more, um, which, as you were saying, um, has a big following even in the Bay of Plenty. So, um, mm. yeah, it's really exciting. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's 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 definitely pe people are out there that uh, that want to learn more about the weather. Um, by all means, yeah, join up to some of these different um, weather pages. There's a lot of, uh, I would say, people that know or that have that have got seriously good uh, local knowledge of the weather. Um, you know, some of these people may maybe uh, may have been following the weather for their whole life. Um, you know, it might be a, a thing that's been passed down from generation to generation. Um, and, you know, I, I know there's people out there that, uh, create, you know, they've still got uh, their past ancestors' weather, weather diaries, um, you know, and, and even some of their weather equipment that they've used. So uh, definitely, definitely something to something to get interested in because um, yeah, you just never know what's going to happen. Thanks to Trent Salvatierra for being the subject of this episode of WTS Waikato. Weather Watch, Trent's business, Elite Weather New Zealand and Nowcast Germany have partnered to establish a global lightning sensor here in New Zealand with the aim of rolling out a much higher precision network across the country. All this data will be available at weatherwatch.co.nz and commercial interest can be directed to Weatherwatch or to Trent himself at elite.weather at gmail.com. If you liked what you heard in this episode of WTS Waikato, you can like the show on Facebook or find it wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, stay safe and be kind. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance, and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs>